0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to my podcast. Thank you so much for clicking on today's episode. Just like last week, I was so excited to have a guest. This week, I'm also so excited because I have another guest, which is amazing because this was like the heart behind this podcast was to bring on my friends. And I feel like the Lord's been so kind to me to place me in Pittsburgh with such wise friends and such like kind friends. And I'm like, I need to get them on here to share their wisdom so today I am so honored to have my friend Meg on the podcast I've talked about Meg a little bit before but today you get to hear all from her and so okay so Meg so for those of my listeners who don't know you please tell us a bit about yourself
1: Ooh, okay. Hi, guys. I am so excited to be here. Um, I consider myself the podcast's number one fan. Um, I listen, like, religiously, like, every single time an episode drops. I, like, know it's Monday, and I'm like, where's the podcast? I need it right now. So it makes me so happy. Um, So I'm Meg. Um, I'm one of Michaela's friends. I um, knew her sister, Kendall, first, and we got really close. And so if you know one of the two, I feel like you know both of them because you guys, like, you both talk so highly of each other that I felt like I knew you way before I met you. And then even, like, we had weird multiple opportunities to get to know each other, um, like, through different trips and, like, group things together. So I feel like I've been a fan from a distance for, like, a while. And then, obviously, You Moving to Pittsburgh has been, like, so sweet and near and dear to my heart. Um, But I also, like, I just love this podcast and I'm so honored to be able to be on it because it's, like, I get to share with everyone else this, like, secret amazing person with so much wisdom that like I've known for so long. So I'm just super honored. Um, I guess I didn't describe much about me, but um, I I don't know what else to say. I love coffee. Um, I uh, work at our church in uh, youth ministry. I work at a coffee shop as well. So two of the best passions there. Um, I'm also in school part time and um, I just really love hanging out with people and talking about Jesus. So that's that's about me. Amen. I adore Meg. Meg is
0: such a like good friend. And good does not even do it justice. Like I I don't even have the right words to explain just like how blessed I've been by Meg and who she is and just like being her friend and the way like the way that Meg loves and supports everybody is insane. And I'm like I I feel it for me. Like I know like Meg loves me, but I'm like Meg is consistent with everybody. And I think there's just so much to honor you for, um, but I could talk about you all day if I wanted to, but I'm really excited for today's topic, but before we jump into today's topic, I told Meg, Meg just got here, and I said, Meg, I've got this story for you, but I'm waiting to share it so I can get your raw reaction. Okay, so let me tell you what happened, okay? So today, it all happened today before I was in the kitchen i was on the phone with my friend we were like catching up she was going through something and i was like you know speaking life and like encouraging her and we're having a great conversation and all of a sudden an attack from the enemy straight from the enemy i hear something and i turn and there's a wasp on my wall now if anybody knows me you know I'm not scared of heights, not scared of sharks, but my number one fear, it's bees. And this was not just a bee. This was a wasp. Also, for some context, last week, our church had this like huge wasp incident, like huge thing our like Andrew our friend Andrew ended up getting like venom in his eyes because apparently wasps shoot venom yeah I didn't know that until last week they he they needed like a whole b-suit whatever so there I am and I'm like oh my gosh I'm having a full-on panic attack because I this thing is in my space I don't know how to get rid of it I don't know where it came from this thing is flying around I'm like what am I gonna do like literally what I'm gonna what am I gonna do so I tell her I'm like oh my gosh I was like there is a wasp in my apartment I'm like I don't know what to do and she's like oh oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh and I'm like I I don't know like my first I was like why is my first response to like call my dad I was like he's not even like around here I was like what is he gonna do she goes yeah you should call him like maybe he'll give you some good advice I was like I gotta go so I call my dad and I'm freaking out and I'm like dad I'm like there's a wasp like I don't know what to do I'm like on the verge of tears you know when you're like so shaken up you're not even crying you're just like pure shock that was me I was like so overwhelmed and I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do this thing is like flying back and forth I was like I-, I don't know what to do so I look up um well I look in my closet to see what I have I have bleach so I annihilate <laughs> this thing with bleach it's like over on my window there's bleach all on my window all on my floor it's on the walls now the walls are um there's just like streaks of bleach <laughs> <laughs> <It's really bad. laughs> but anyway I annihilated this thing it freaking flies across the room hits this wall and then goes down so I was like okay I, I think I think it's dead I was like it's not flying around because it was going back and forth and I was like I gotta go like I had small group had to go so you know I go and I tell this whole story to them and I'm like I think it's dead and Jenna our friend Jenna was like Michael, if that thing is not dead by tonight I'm not coming over and I was like it's dead. It's definitely dead. So I come back here. I'm, you know, chilling. And what did you know it? I am about to do my dishes literally right before you walked in, right before you walked in. I'm like about to do my dishes and I look over and I said, no, I said, no, there's no way. There's no way. I put so much bleach on this thing. There, there's just no way. Well, apparently wasps have this like exoskeleton. This is a really long story, but this is really good. I swear I'm setting it up like in bleach doesn't really affect them. i know so i was like i don't know what to do so i call my dad back i was like dad is back i don't know what to do and he's like you gotta get like i looked up like you gotta get like soap and water like in a mix and then like get a spray bottle i was like i don't have one just laying around (laughs) so i take a bottle of windex currently on my table and i dump it (laughs) down the sink and i like spray because i'm like this thing is gonna start flying again like i don't know what to do and i annihilated this thing again with soap and water that worked I know some people are like, save the bees. I'm sorry. A girl had to do what a girl had to do, okay? So I, I got it. It's It was actually dead this time. I saw its demise. Like, it, it went down. It's down the toilet. We're good. We're good. But how good is God? Because I got so many messages and revelations from this wasp. I know. So, first of all, What was the first one? The Lord said, you shall live and not die. And amen. Because I did not die today. So I could have, I could get venom. I don't even know where. And I could literally, you know, be gone. I lived and did not die. Amen. Also, I was like, lately, I've been in a really, really good place where I'm like, I am so secure, like so good on my own. I, why do we, like, I don't need a man. Like, I literally don't need a man. Like why, for what? Like, I don't need like I'm, I'm good like there's who's enhancing my life I don't I don't need anybody right now and the Lord said girl calm down a little bit and after today I realized you know what okay I understand maybe you know what we do need men and I also realized you know what I don't think I don't think the Lord created women to kill insects I don't and let me tell you why First of all, we're like ten minutes <laughs> in. It's fine. First of all, um, I don't. I haven't found it anywhere in the Bible where he commands women to kill insects. But also, how many times were the guys going out to kill the animals and bring them back in? So obviously, if he sent them to kill those animals, that obviously included insects too. Clearly, but most importantly, the the most important message I got out of this whole situation, I swear it's gonna tie in, <laughs> is my first instinct was to call my dad and I was like my dad is five hours away he can't like kill this for me I've got to deal with it but as I'm on the phone having a full-on panic attack my dad's like I'm gonna stay on the phone with you until like we get this resolved and I was like is that not the heart of God to be like I'm gonna be with you in this even though I can't kill this for you I'm going to be with you the entire time and the entire process. And even when I thought I got rid of it and was like, oh, this is done out of my life. When it came back, my dad was still there. Is that not a message? I know, I know, I know. So it's tying in because today we are specifically talking about fear and anxiety. And although I hated what I had to experience today and hope I never have to do that again. I'm like wow lord, what a great day. Because I Meg and I already knew that this is what our topic was going to be. I had somebody specifically ask me to speak on this and I touched on this a little bit before, but I wanted to give this a full episode and I knew I wanted to bring somebody on and I think Meg is the perfect person. Meg has openly shared before her struggles with anxiety and I think Meg has so much wisdom and just insight to offer and also she can like speak on this from a victorious standpoint so Meg with all of that being said would you be so open to share a little bit about your experience and what it took for you and what the process of overcoming that looked like
1: yeah absolutely um okay so broad topic right like there's so much to go into I was thinking about it on my drive over here and I didn't always have the language to call it anxiety, but in retrospect, looking back, um, there were obviously like anxious moments throughout, like for as long as I can remember, but I think I've consistently struggled with some form of anxiety since I was 12 and I turned 22 this month. So that's a 10 year battle. Um, which is crazy cause I didn't even realize that much time had gone on. Um, but it is something that's like really near and dear to my heart because, um, one I think in this generation we're facing it more than ever and like the statistics are so heartbreaking um and it like it it is absolutely heartbreaking but it also if anyone is listening and even from the get-go you're hearing this it's like don't think that you're in it alone because it is something that is so pervasive especially right now um and so it it I think one of fear's biggest tactics is to make you feel like you're the only one or to make you feel like it's too stupid to share um and then you lose the ability to fight it because so much of it is fought in community um so just kind of from the get-go um we're clearing that up like you're not the only one dealing with this and you are not like this crazy messed up broken person for dealing with fear. Um, it's really real and a lot of people deal with it. So, um, I think my story with it is really interesting. I dealt specifically with social anxiety for, um, probably from like 12 to 16. Um, and it's a big part of my testimony because, um, if I pinpoint like what changed, um, it was just, I fell in love with Jesus and That literally like changed everything. Like I, I remember it went from going to like having head knowledge about God to realizing like there was a God that wanted to know me personally and like would sit with me through a panic attack, like would be with me in those moments. And so it, it was just this fresh revelation of like, oh my goodness, like I have so much freedom because of what Jesus did for me. Like I can walk in that. And so um, fear of man is like how it's often talked about in the Bible. Um, That was like so, like so much of that was just squashed by this love for God that I, it it comes down to like what was, and I, maybe I'll dive into this. Um, It kind of comes down to like, what do I fear more? And it's like fear of man or like fear of God, which pause because I, we say that a lot and I feel like it can be. It can be really harmful if you don't understand the terminology behind it. Um, But fear of God being like in awe of God and a respect of his power. Like um, if I'm, okay, if I'm camping and there's like a bear, I'm going to be scared of that bear. I'm going to have fear of that bear. And that's like healthy, one, normal, like it keeps us alive. Um, But it's also that fear is because that bear is more powerful and and stronger and bigger than I am. I wouldn't be afraid if it was an ant. Like, I know I'm more powerful, I'm bigger, I'm stronger. Um, But when it's something that's bigger and seems more like it's able to take me out, that's when fear comes up. Um, And so fear of God is just acknowledging he is bigger and stronger and greater. Um, But he is also holy and kind and a friend to sinners and so it's another level of that so I think that was that wasn't me going I need to stop having anxiety that was I knew something was leading my life but I just knew the language I was using was I just feel so afraid like fear is just always present and that was the language that I used and I realized there was freedom when I was with Jesus and so um, I just dove headfirst into that relationship because I was like, that's what I want. Um, and so that, um, I thought that was my testimony and I thought that was the story. And I was like, wow, look, God has freed me from that. That's so great. Um, and then as time has gone on, I would get really frustrated if moments of anxiety would come back up because I'd be like, I thought we beat this. And I have on and off struggled with anxiety for the last 10 years. Um, and at first it was very specific triggers and like social anxiety. And then it became just general anxiety about, all of the things. Um, and I would go back and forth. I'm like, okay, God, did you really heal me? Am I really healed? Am I like, what is this? Um, and then I, I want to say it was last year. I'm terrible at dates and times. Um, but I went through a season where after not really having had a lot of anxiety present in my life for a while, I started having like panic attacks, like really like more present than I'd ever had before um, and I it would be hours at a time that I would just be like I couldn't do anything like I my heart rate was up and my breathing was heavy and I couldn't focus and I would just be like I literally can't do anything but sit here and focus on my breathing and like try to come down and so that was unexpected and came at me and it was like a long process and so I feel like I have maybe only more recently sifted through, with God kind of the history and the story of it all um and so I I think it came down to um overcoming anxiety is not not being afraid anymore um because one that's like there are healthy situations for that and it is like sometimes it's an indicator often almost all the time even the things that make me anxious are really good indicators of things that I need to surrender to God or need to give to him like so like if it's I'm really concerned that like what I said hurt someone that I care about like that anxiety isn't healthy because it's like keeping me from doing anything but it is showing me the root of that is oh maybe I maybe I do need to have a conversation with that person or maybe I need to like not put so much of my value in what they think of me and what they might perceive of me. Um, and that's just one example. Like You can do that for, any fear that you have, any anxiety that you have, like go back to the root of it. And so I think everything changed for me when I started to realize I'm free from anxiety, not because I'm never going to have a panic attack again. I'm not because I'm never going to get anxious again, but because the grip that it had on my life isn't there anymore. It doesn't get to be my master anymore. And I think the Bible talks about being a slave to fear. And I think that's the perfect verbiage because being a slave, like that is having someone else who's calling the shots and doing something against your will. And like when I would listen to the voice of fear, like don't go talk to that group of people. They're not going to like you. They're not going to see you. They're not going to care about you. Listening and obeying that was not my will because my actual will was I would love community. I would love friends. I should go talk to them. But then fear said, no, you can't do that. Mm. And so I think freedom from anxiety and fear is that fear is no longer in control of you. You're no longer a slave to it. Um, and in fact, like the Bible says, we can make all of our thoughts like obedient to Christ and take them captive. And I think that that, um, is so powerful because it's like, yeah, you can still feel that fear. You can still have the anxious thought. You can still have the intrusive thought that you're like, I don't want that. Um, but your choice is what am I going to do with it? And how am I going to act out of that? Wow.
0: Meg, that's so good. One, thank you for sharing that with me because my experience with fear and anxiety was totally different. So for me, mine wasn't necessarily social anxiety, but mine was fear of death. Like I was terrified of death and it was, it wasn't, I think most people when they're afraid of death, it's because of they don't know what's after. But I knew like I, I already had a life with Jesus, but I was just so terrified of the thought of dying and not even like to be so specific it wasn't even like well when I'm like if I die like I'll miss out on this this and this at the time it wasn't even that it was that like the process of however it was I was gonna die I was terrified of that and being in that process of like if somebody was gonna kidnap me or if somebody was gonna like if there was gonna be a shooting like it was all this stuff and of course I ran all these scenarios through my head like they were going to happen and I convinced myself that they were I wasn't it's so true. I was definitely a slave to fear 100% because I wasn't driving my own decisions. Fear was. So it's like, yes, 100% when you put it that way. Yeah, we are, we were slaves to fear. And I think it's so good that you pointed out that a lot of your healing came through community and not doing it alone. And I think when I look back, I also didn't, did not fight alone. Like at the time I did not have the community that I have now, but I had a very, incredible friend is my friend Alyssa and it was her and then some other people who came aside me and believed with me. No, I don't even want to say believed with me. They believed for me. Because at the time I didn't believe that like I could be free from that. And I think that it's so important to have people around you who will be your crutch and not forever I don't think you should always have to like depend on somebody but I think there's seasons of your life where you need people who can be your crutch when you're like I can't believe for myself in this season like I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel you need people who are going to come alongside you and be like I can see this and you can't so lean on me in this so fear I think is so hard sometimes to fight with because you can't see it it's like not something tangible where you can like the bee I had where like I can kind of track that and I like I know it's like flushed down the toilet like it's not coming back like that is a fight I can actually physically fight where fear and anxiety that's really all a mental and emotional fight so how do you fight with something when you can't fight physically
1: wow that's a good question yeah and I think that also makes it harder in figuring out what you're fighting um because it's easy to be like well it's all in my head or it's like I don't know it can be just easy to invalidate your own experiences um so I feel like this is gonna be a scattered answer but like I even think of things like keeping a journal has been really helpful for me even if it's I didn't realize for this purpose but I can look back and track. I did this the other day. I had wrote out a journal entry and I was like, I have a memory of writing almost an identical entry in 2019. And so it was like, if this is something that keeps coming up, then this is something that's a deeply rooted insecurity here. Um, And so I think there are things that you can do to make it more visible and tangible for yourself. Um, And so if that's like recording what it is like for you. um, Also, I think why community is super important is they can speak things that you might not be able to see clearly. And I think it is easy to minimize your pain and it is easy to not face it head on because it's hard and it's it is draining at times. And so you might not always want to go and face it head on and you might talk yourself out of it like, "Oh, it's not actually a big deal." Like, "I, you know, it's not that I'm a slave to fear. It's like, you know, I'm fine. I'm surviving just fine. I'm doing whatever." And it takes the people that are closest to you saying like, right. But isn't there more for you? Like you don't have to live with that much pain and that much fear all the time. Like there actually is better. And so, um, I think having the right people around you, I think making it visible to yourself so that you can't ignore it, um, and committing to facing it. Um, I think a lot of it is, mental emotional and also spiritual and so um a lot of it is handled in the spiritual realm a lot of it is at least for me has been through prayer um i learned to pray basically at the same time that i was dealing with this um and i remember i would go out to my driveway which still to this day is like my spot that i'll go to talk with god and i would just pace around in circles in my driveway and talk to him and i remember a season of my life where I would, like, go out anytime I was stressed about something, anytime I was anxious, and I would just vent to God, and then as I would vent, like, I'd open the communication to him, and suddenly I'd find myself speaking, like, verses over myself, or, like, we'd somehow have this conversation, even though it was just me talking out loud, like, I, like, learned how to pray through that, and it was, like, a year into doing that and I remember thinking god I would just love it if I didn't have to come out here anymore like if I wasn't afraid anymore and I didn't have to keep doing this and he was so sweetly like but honey that's how you've gotten to know me like that's where relationships build I think there are some people who maybe you haven't lived the reality of freedom and you're doubtful that it exists and I remember being I don't know, fifteen, sixteen, something like that out in my driveway. And it was springtime because I had picked a dandelion and I, it, the sun was shining and I just looked around and I was like, oh my gosh, God, like I, I haven't been anxious in a while. Like I can't, I, I feel free and I feel joyful. And I, I laugh more and I looked around and I was like, oh my gosh, I think this is freedom. Like I didn't know that this could exist. And it, it actually does. Um, and so even going back to like, how do you make something that's non-visible visible visible and like dealing with that? Um, I, one of the things that I've also done is I literally took, I have a picture of me on that day, like a bad Android camera selfie and (laughs) it'll do. Um, we've, we've gone up since then. We're in the iPhone family God bless. Um, but, even having I'm a very visual person and so having if it's journaling if it's taking pictures of things that are significant and significant moments like I would also um I have some recordings of like videos of me talking to myself and giving like affirmations while I'm in a panic attack because I knew it would be helpful I have a I have a note in my I have a ton of voice memos and one of them is um listen when you're having a bad day and it's me speaking and singing worship that is just like affirming and what I need to hear in those moments but I know I won't have the strength to bring it up for myself when I'm there Mm -hmm. and so I like have pre-done the work so that I can reach for it and I think that's smart in like if you don't have that banked and ready to go like okay I know that every Sunday morning I can go to church and I can be around people that love me and I can worship God and I'm going to be in an atmosphere of faith with other people and like you said when you didn't have faith for yourself they had faith for you you can rely on those people. And it's like, even if you don't have maybe necessarily a church community or, um, like people to go to like that, um, just find one person. I also think it's totally okay if that one safe person is a therapist, if you, or a doctor or someone like that. Um, and that was really interesting because in, like I mentioned last year, I went through a period of more severe panic attacks and anxiety and, um, that I started like exploring different options and I went to therapy for a few months. And, um, I remember I went to, I went to a Christian therapist and, um, I wasn't sure what it was going to be like, even though like my mom's literally a therapist. Like I should know what this is going to be like, but I was like, "Mm, I don't know. Um, and I was so anxious going in. Like I literally was going to have a panic attack in the car ride before I went into my first session. And I was like, well, this is awful. If I'm already feeling anxious, like to just go in, like, how am I going to, how am I going to make it through the season? If like getting help is hard. (laughs) Um, and I remember I parked and it was in front of this, um, like wall covered in ivy or that might not have been the plant, but let's pretend okay. it's ivy. Um, and it was beautiful and green. And um, I took a picture on my phone and I was like, okay, I am going in there and in an hour, I'm going to get back in this car, look at this wall and I'm going to say, God, you're good no matter what. And so I was like, so no matter what else happens in this hour, I could be the worst experience of my life, but I will get back in this car and I will look at the leaves and I will say that you are good. And that, like, became my mantra every session. Every time that I went in, I would just be like, okay, we're going back, we're going back. And it, I have so many pictures on my phone of sessions I, every time I would take a picture. And it was actually really cool at the end of the process, right as I was nearing, um, like, because therapy is, one, highly individual, um, but it also... I didn't have a full understanding of it at least for my context so um, I my mom is um, has a lot of modalities but she focuses a lot in trauma work and so that can be clients that are with her for years like before discharge that's and that's very real and that's very needed but I one of the reasons I didn't realize that I had any mental health issues until later on in life was because I was comparing myself to the severe cases of trauma. And I was like, well, that's not me. So I can't have any mental health struggles. I can't deal with anxiety or depression or anything like that because it it doesn't look like this. And I remember later on having a conversation with my mom when I was dealing with the panic attacks. And I wouldn't call them that because I was like, no, that's like, I've had friends who've had panic attacks and it, it manifests differently. And so it looks differently. And it was like months after having these. And I finally was talking to my mom about it. And she was like, she's like looking at me and looking down and then looking. I mean, she's like, you know, that's a panic attack, right? I was like, is it really? And I felt so validated because I was like, wait, I just thought it was like this mysterious thing that was going on to me. Like I couldn't quantify it. And so, um, I, when I went into therapy, one of the first things that my therapist said was like, um, I believe that you can be free from anxiety. And I was like, wait, you're a therapist. I feel like you're supposed to be like, oh, you'll like cope with anxiety for the rest of your life. And he was like, no, I believe you can be free from anxiety. I was like, okay. And he, um, We would start and end every session with, and I can't speak to every counselor or every um, therapy practice or anything, but the way we did it specifically was um, open by reading a page in Philippians and close with prayer. And he would start the prayer and then he would make me finish the prayer. It was so helpful because when you're in an anxious situation, sometimes the last thing you want to do is do it for yourself. And so he would start it for me. And then you'd be like, okay, your turn. And then I I ended up speaking faith into my own life because of that. And then in between all of that, very practical, like, necessary, helpful things. Um, And so um, if that one safe person is a therapist, like, don't be afraid to do that. Like, there's a lot of stigma. There can be a lot of – it can just be a really touchy subject, but – I just, I hate the conversation that says it's a lack of faith. If you, Uh, if it's not uh, instant spiritual healing and if there's any process to it and if you have to use therapy or medication or anything like that, that's a lack of faith. Um, and I've, I have felt that. And it's so funny because I, I have multiple friends that also go to therapy, use medication, all of those things. And I'm like, yeah, they're some of the most faithful people I know. And I would never tell them like, oh, well, you don't have enough faith because of that. But when it comes to me, I'm like, does that mean I'm not a good enough Christian? Does that mean I don't believe God enough? Wow. Um, and so I I feel very grateful that God has allowed me to walk through this season because I think... Um, part of the purpose to that is getting to be vocal about it for other people um because I'm grateful for the people that were vocal about it in my life so um I did therapy for um a few months and then oh I was telling you about the wall it all comes back um and I was praying about okay when like I didn't know what leaving therapy looked like because I just I just didn't know what how how that worked and um I had been feeling like okay I got a lot out of this and I just I feel like that season might be coming to a close, but I was scared to end it. And I pull in and the leaves have turned red. Stop! And it was like this literal changing of a season and I was like, okay, God, and I went in and I came out and I was like, that was my last session. And I had definitely still struggled after that, but I had these tools and skills to like cope with it better. Yeah. Um, and then I'm again, terrible at timelines, but sometime after that, um, I also started dealing with depression for the first time. And that, um, I also know is, uh, both anxiety and depression can be very, um, genetic as well. Like there are genetic factors to it and my family has a history. And so, um, I was again, talking to my mom, God bless her. I love her. Um, and she was saying like, that there's we tend to have a lower chemical balance of different things and so um like medication has been really helpful for her and for like other people we know and so it was like that it might be something I want to consider and so um I made my first appointment and again same feeling terrified to go in and probably more so than therapy because at least like my mom was a therapist I knew it was kind of okay like I I knew she loved Jesus so like it was fine um but I was like, medication, that feels like another level, you know? And um, I was really nervous going in. And so I did the same thing. I parked my car and I was like, okay, God, and now I'm going to come out here and you're going to be good. And I'm just going to trust that you're like, if this isn't your will, like, you're going to have to stop me because I'm just trying to do my best here. And wow. he, so I was like, so I'll listen if you tell me, but just like, I can't, I need to do something. I, yeah. I can't just sit by. Um, and so I went in and... I can't remember if it was my first or my second appointment, but, um, I, it was like right after the Super Bowl, I want to say. And my nurse was like, Oh, what, did you watch the game? And I was like, no, I'm not really into sports. I went grocery shopping <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And so then to like make small talk, she was like, so if you're not into sports, like, what are you into? And at that point in my life, I was s- battling so much mentally that if I wasn't sleeping, or like doing the bare minimum to get by, I was like reading scripture and praying it over myself. Like those that's what I had bandwidth for. And so when she asked that, I was like, I don't even have a hobby to tell her I do. Like I was like, I read my Bible. And she started telling me about a devotional that she was reading and about the faithfulness of God and how she feels God has specifically called her to the medical field to be a light in the darkness and to provide freedom for people. Oh, come and that was the reassurance I needed that no, this is a way of God working. This isn't separate from faith. This is a part of faith. And so um, I've like walked out that journey and I even just recently had a follow-up appointment and up my dosage. And um, the way that my, then my doctor came in and she talked about it and I was so grateful for how she talked about it because I was really nervous to to try it out. And um, she said, now I want to warn you, this isn't a happy pill cuz people will come in and they'll expect it's going to take care of everything. It's going to make me feel a thousand times better and I'm never going to have to deal with anxiety or depression again. Yeah. And for most people she was like she was saying it like she was going to let me down. Um like just so you know, honey, like it's yeah. not that, you know, but it actually gave me so much hope because I was scared it was going to be like that. Yeah. Because especially as a Christian, I think you learn that there's actually a lot of reward and and strength in suffering that we get closer to Jesus and we learn so much more in the suffering seasons, um, that I was scared that it would take away all fear and it would take away all feelings and I would just be numb. And I was like, that's not what I want either. And she described it as instead, it just makes it less overwhelming. That was also something that my therapist had talked about was it blew my mind. Yeah when you're in a state of fight or flight and you're already in a panic attack, he was like, you can't outthink it. And I was like, what do you mean? That's what I've been doing this whole time. And he was like, he was like, you're already your system. It's your heart pounding. It's your breath in and out. It's not your thought. Um, And he was like, so you can't think yourself out of it. And he was like, so all of his recommendations, it was like kind of frustrating at first because I wanted him to be like, let's get to the root of your insecurities and like what's making you feel that way. And he was like, when you're in that moment is not the time to handle that he was like when you're in that moment go for a walk get something to eat drink water um take vitamins like make sure you're getting enough sleep follow a routine like it was all of these physical things that he was like you have to meet it physically because at that point it is a physical thing and um so even in the same way with going towards medication it's like It is also a physical thing that you have to meet in a physical way. And then it allows you to go deeper with it. Because if you're constantly in a state of fight or flight, you can't actually address any of the deeper rooted things. You can't really truly heal because you're on the surface level. Like you're like red alert, red alert, red alert and you need to be in a calm enough state of mind to then go in and be like oh why did that trigger me and why did that go like that and so um I think all of it goes hand in hand like the spiritual and the physical and the mental and the emotional um because we're whole beings God made us mind body spirit like he didn't make us segmented he made us like whole and so healing happens in wholeness too and it happens in process too and I have seen him heal instantaneously but My experience has been somehow both instantaneously and in process at the same time.
0: That's so good. That's, for me, like, same thing. It wasn't, like, this immediate, like, oh, I just felt like he healed me from anxiety. And also, you had said before that, like, in the moment, you didn't know to call it anxiety. Same. Same. And I think it's because I always had this mindset of, well, somebody always has it worse than me. So it's like I wasn't calling it for what it actually was because I was like, well, that can't be what they're talking about, like what I'm feeling. And I was invalidating myself. I think that's so important in healing too. And I think that's practical. And that's kind of what I want to like wrap this all up with is practical steps. Because one of the worst things you could tell somebody whenever they're like going through fear and anxiety is don't be scared. Like, I'm oh, who is that helping that's like when okay maybe someone who doesn't deal with fear or anxiety but you get angry and somebody's like well don't be mad like you saying that I'm sorry but that's like not doing anything so I think practicals are super important and you you touched on those of like that's so good to of fighting it like it's a physical thing and you can't outthink it that is so good I think for me practicality looks like calling it for what it is because it can't be healed if you're like not even willing to come to terms with what it actually is like we said before like knowing it's it's a fight that you can't see right so how do i determine what that is you have to go there with it and that's really hard because we like to go away from those emotions and like block them out or like outthink them and like try to convince ourselves that that's not what we're actually feeling but like you have to come to a point of where you're willing to acknowledge what that is and go deeper with it for me it was fear of death why I had to go there and I didn't want to because I already didn't like those feelings I didn't like feeling those feelings but I had to go there to get to the root and that definitely helped I don't want to say I don't want to make it sound like I went down that process I pinpointed what the root is and then from there I was healed because that's not what I don't think that's anybody's story. I mean, if that's your story, that's amazing. But that wasn't mine, and I know it's not yours. Like, it was a process, and I was able to then look back just like you and be like, wait a minute. I can now recognize I have not lived with this for the past couple, like, days or weeks or even months sometimes at a point. And it's like, oh, no, I am healed. And I didn't know it in the moment, but, like, now I can look back. And just, like, you had said how you were so grateful for going through that and it's not an easy thing to go through but that is where you find out who the character of God is is going through those things and I wouldn't wish those upon anybody but I wouldn't go back and do my life again without it and that's not something I could have said in that season I'd be like I could definitely go without this but it's like no I definitely I learned things in that season that I wouldn't have outside of that and if I didn't go through that I can't talk on it now and say like if you didn't go through that week like, we wouldn't be here having this conversation with somebody who's currently going through it you know what I mean so it's like our healing I don't think the Lord just heals us to heal us I think he heals us so we could talk about it. like we're supposed to be talking about these things so Meg thank you so much for being like so open and vulnerable to wrap up can you just give some like practicals of somebody who's like I want to I want to live a life without this. Like, I'm so sick of fear controlling my life. What is a practical step that
1: you would tell them to take? Yeah. I think the first thing that comes to mind is like making, and I'm kind of stealing this from, um, have you ever read I declare war by Levi Lesko? I've heard of it. I've heard of it. It's really good. Um, in it, he has a like paper print a declaration of war and you like sign it and date it and like write what you're like Mm -hmm. fighting. Um, and I am thinking of for the person that like maybe you're listening to this and as we're talking about not recognizing anxiety for what it was you're realizing wait that constant like pressure or fear I feel that's anxiety like you're coming to that realization um, or you're just at a point where you're like I don't want this to rule my life anymore Um I would get out, like, a pen and paper or the notes app in your phone, something, um, put the date in, and just set your intention. And it can be a prayer. It can be as simple as, like, God, I don't want theater to rule my life anymore. Um, Or it can be maybe you need to, like, sit down with a friend and be like, hey, I need to tell you I'm really struggling with this um, and I'm done letting it control my life and so um, would you walk through that journey with me? And I think it's like the practicals can kind of depend on where you are in your your journey like um maybe it is making an appointment with a therapist or a doctor um maybe it's committing to like go to church every week so you have community to keep you accountable like it can it can vary person to person but I would start by um actively acknowledging like from this day forward I am not going to let fear rule me anymore so even if you're struggling and you're dealing with it the it isn't I have anxiety and anxiety is my identity it is I am going through anxiety and I'm not going to stay in anxiety that's
0: so good I heard that a few years ago I don't remember who said that I don't it might have been a therapist it might have been a book but like don't claim that as yours and that's such it's something we do without even thinking about doing but it's true like life and death is in the power of your tongue so if you're like I have fear anxiety like you're claiming it as yours so just like even reshaping and being, like, intentional about the way that you even talk about it and, like, not connecting yourself to it. I think for people who are going through the same things that we've dealt with, we'll be blessed by this. And I think that people who maybe have not gone through this and might never, like, this, I believe, can, like, help them be a help to somebody else. So I'm praying that's what this episode is. Meg, thank you so, so much for coming over and being a guest on the podcast y'all I hope you were so blessed by this episode I definitely was so even if that was the only reason why we're supposed to do this I'll take it but thank you so so much for listening share this with a friend if you know somebody who's fighting with this and you're fighting along fighting alongside with them share it with them post it on your social text it to them whatever um but support your friends love your friends pray for your friends all right okay I love y'all so, so much, and I will see you next Monday. Until then, bye, y'all. Bye.